This week in our collective heads Wanna put an old rumor to bed Stereotype that you've all heard How we're all just angry video game nerds Most of us have actual jobs Kids and families and cats and dogs, yeah This week in our collective heads This week in our collective heads Welcome to This Week in Our Collective Heads. I'm Patrick, and we're giving you the gaming news like we do every single week. Uh, starting off this week with some really exciting news about Kingdoms of Amalur. If, you've, if you're a fan of the series or if you've not heard of it, doesn't matter. You need to check it out if you like RPGs. Kingdoms of Amalur is a uh, fantasy game uh, that was out on PS3. It's one of probably the best uh, RPGs that came out on PS3, and I know that is a heavy statement. Well. THQ Nordic has acquired the rights to Kingdoms of Amalur, not only the IP, but all of the assets, which is fantastic because their former studio, 38 Studios LLC, uh, as it was called, uh, is no longer no longer around, uh, unfortunately. So for a while, we thought we weren't going to get any new Kingdoms of Amalur at all uh, since they ceased operations in 2012. So it's really exciting that yeah, something like this is kind of being resurrected from the dead and in a way that we weren't sure was going to happen, but, you know, in the best possible way uh, for, you know, when it comes to, to video games. So hopefully what we'll get with this is, I don't know, best case scenario, we'll get continued King of Zambler games. Um, worst case scenario, um, I don't know, they do nothing with it. I hope no one else does anything. I hope we'll get a re remaster at least. Um, maybe a King of Zambler 2 would be really great as well. Um, so really excited about that. Another thing I'm excited about, because earlier this week I was playing on my Switch and wishing that I had a decent uh, strategy game, a decent real-time strategy game, and Civilization VI is coming to the Nintendo Switch, which I think will be an interesting console for it, it'll be an interesting uh, place for it, because that's technically what I was kind of looking at. I mean, we're, we are getting um, some Blizzard games now, and there's only a handful of studios that do really good RTSs now. I would love to have StarCraft or Command & Conquer on uh, on my Switch. I know that I may be in the minority with that, but I'd really like it. I think that it could be could be done really well. Um, strategy games are really fun, and I think they can work on console. It's a little tough to do it, but Halo Wars showed us that it is entirely possible. We got some other interesting news though. Xbox has announced their integration with Alexa. It's upcoming, right now it's in beta, and it's going to allow you to do all the connect functionality with an Am with Amazon, with Amazon Alexa, which I've seen tested by quite a few people. It seems to be working okay. There's every now and then something that's uh, catches it off guard. If you're asking for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, it's like, here's Call of Duty World at War because it's still not quite right, but this is how Amazon works, this is how Alexa works. The more it tries, the more input it's given, the better it'll get on this because uh, it needs that, that input. So testing in beta right now, but my biggest functionality that I was hoping with it wasn't the turning on the Xbox or, or launching a game, was uh, pausing and playing a movie because that's one of the things that I used with my with my Kinect on Xbox 360. I used a little bit for uh, the Xbox One before I got rid of my Kinect uh, was if I got up and wanted to grab something to drink or I needed to answer the door or the phone call came in, I could say Xbox pause and boom, there it goes. And if you're listening to this on an Xbox or you have an Xbox near you, I apologize if it has any um, voice recognition because you're still using Kinect, 
Connect's basically been phased out, so I think this is a really good replacement for it, um, kind of powering it through um, the AWS, the uh, uh, Alexa, Amazon, sorry, the Amazon backbone. I think it's gonna be a much better place for it. We got some news as well on the Nintendo Switch and how cloud saves will work, but unfortunately, they're they won't work on all games, uh, namely uh, Dead Cells 2, sorry, sorry, Splatoon 2, I mean, and then and Dead Cells. Uh, neither one will have a cloud save available, which is very irritating. Um, one of the things that people have been wishing that the Switch could do, and we're talking about the Switch now, it's been out for almost two years, um, the Switch, or a year and a half, the Switch stores games on its on its hard drive that's physically embedded into it and not on a memory card. So if you get a, if your Nintendo Switch uh, is destroyed or lost, you lose all of your games. Cloud saves is a great way around that. You know, you don't have to worry about your memory card. Saves to the cloud. Your Switch breaks, you just download your save games on your new Switch. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But the only thing that's wrong with that is apparently that they didn't plan for, for this to happen. I think this is a developer issue because, um, or from what from what I'm, I'm gathering on this, that instead of uh, PlayStation or others that just cloud save anything and everything, they're leaving it up to the developers to code it. And I'm not trying to put blame there, I'm just trying to give you some insight into how that works on the back end. These games should all be able to save uh, th through the cloud save function, but if a developer didn't do it or chose not to purposely, then you're SOL. That's my guess. I would love to see some more information on that. Uh, if I'm wrong on that, please let me know because I would love to know exactly why certain games are working, certain games aren't when they all should be working. Uh, from a programming perspective, it's just it's a save file, so it has to be the way that it's that the game is coded, the way that the game is 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 uh, compiled. If I'm wrong, come at me. Let me know. <laughs> we got some stuff on uh, Mega Man 11. Got uh, the sorry, uh, we have a Mega Man 11 demo that's out on all systems, which great for that. Um, we just had the Mega Man collection that came out recently, so that's fantastic, but. I don't know if there are a lot of people who aren't sure about Mega Man and need to demo it. I mean, if you like Mega Man, this is going to be amazing. If you don't like Mega Man, I don't know. Maybe I think there's a small section of people that will be critical to this, but I think most people who are going to grab this and demo and are playing it just want to play Mega Man. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that, um, yeah, that in my opinion, they're not trying to. They're not going to gain new. Um, players with this. They're not going to gain new people who wouldn't have bought it already. People who like Mega Man are going to play this. People who don't like Mega Man aren't going to play it. It's like playing, I don't know, a fighting game, which we also have in the news. Um, so there's been some security uh, announcements that are going on in SoCal regionals for, uh, for, for fighting games, which is complete, complete security theater. It is, it is worse than the TSA in regards to not doing anything but acting like you're doing something. They're going to be inspecting joysticks to make sure that nothing's in your joysticks. I guess they, they were worried that someone would have a knife or something to that effect and if they got mad then they would stab someone. Uh, again, first of all, first of all it doesn't stop what's been happening, which are shootings. Second of all, I don't think that someone's going to bring a knife and shiv someone. Uh, if they do it, that's cr it's, I mean, they're going to do it to one person and they're going to be taken out and it's not downplaying what that would be. 
but I'm saying this is a very, very, very small subset uh, of what, what could happen. I think the biggest thing, I mean, if you want to have security, you can have metal detectors, but that really doesn't help when it comes to um, when it comes to these type of conventions. These things are overcrowded anyways. People are frustrated. And I think one of the biggest problems, I mean, we've been talking about, we've talked about mental health and everything else, but um, just being able to express yourself and your frustration without attacking someone physically, um, that needs to happen. Use your words. And I know that's kind of funny saying that when it comes to fighting games, because this is a fighting game tournament we're talking about here. But if you have frustrations, rage quitting, emotions happen. Getting mad happens. If you get upset and you scream or you whatever, but when you get to the point where you're breaking your controller, you're assaulting someone else, then you have then that that individual's having issues, and they can't with expressing their anger and not being able to do it in a way that is beneficial for them and others. Um, there's tons of research on that and tons of ways that you could that that person or anyone could better use their frustrations, and that's not one of them. Speaking of frustrations, I'm frustrated a little bit about The Witcher, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of give myself a little devil's advocate here, because I'm gonna express some opinions, and then I'm gonna express the opposite. So bear with me, because there, I have mixed opinions on this. Henry Cavill has been cast as Geralt in um, in The Witcher, and this is the Witcher Netflix series that begins filming in November. Henry Cavill is a mediocre actor. He's very wooden. He has a great look. He has a great physical prowess and and uh, and and um, I mean, he has determination. He is a gamer. Um, there are all these positive things, but at the same time, when it comes to emotion, when it comes to his range, I've not seen anything good out of him. Maybe that's the directors. You know, if you have a decent director, they can get a good performance out of someone. But if you have a really mediocre director and you have a decent actor or actress like i don't know episode two watching natalie portman fumble through lines with no emotion yeah it can happen so maybe what i've seen of cavill's work and his ability is based on really bad directing from Zack snyder and and other people i mean i've i've seen that being said uh i've seen uh let's see all of his stuff in dc and i saw mission impossible and he basically played the same guy. Stoic guy who goes goes from either angry to stoic to the Joey Tribbiani trying to act like he's confused when he's dividing in his head. That's the range of Henry Cavill that I've seen. If there's more, I would love to see it. I've been proven wrong with people like Bradley Cooper and many others. Um, and, and I would love to see him in a better role. I would love to see him being able to express himself more than just brooding, which is not what Superman does. So I would love to see him uh, in a role that better suits his abilities. That being said, Geralt doesn't have, I mean, he's stoic. And so maybe maybe that's what they want. Maybe they, they looked at looked at his performance in Superman and, and uh, Mission Impossible and said, that's exactly what we want. We want that physical command. We want that person who's physically dedicated. We want that person who will scowl a lot. And if that's what they want, okay, I hope the rest of the production is great. The other part of this that's interesting that I don't see hardly anyone talking about is Henry Cavill's contract is up for Superman. Henry Cavill's DC contract is up. He's going to be filming Netflix instead of DC movies. 
and he can, he may or may not renew his contract with DC. Obviously, they're going to probably try to pay him a lot of money to keep their franchises going, but this may be a time where uh, a studio loses a big player because he's frustrated and he's really happy doing another bit of work. So it's something to watch not only on the Netflix side of the house, but on DC. Will Henry Cavill return as Superman? Because he doesn't have, he has no contractual obligation and he may just really enjoy playing uh, a different character and not having to be Superman in a, roles that aren't very Superman-like. So something to think about. Something else to think about is Anthem uh, coming out uh, and all of the story DLC is going to be free. And I'm very excited about this. This is a game that I already wanted to play that I think uh, you, you probably saw our discussion on, on Anthem uh, from, from Bioware and our excitement, but stressing that well, we don't know if we're gonna have enough time to really dive into it. There's a lot of multiplayer uh, centric um, stuff in this. So the question of, you know, do I have do I have enough time to play this? Is it worth my investment? Well, if I can buy the game for $60, I get all of the single player DLC. For me, that makes it so much more valuable because I may or may not play the multiplayer that much. I will tear through a story. I will I will just eat up a story uh, in, in a game. And if you give me the DLC for free, that means I'm gonna keep playing your game and I'm more likely to play your multiplayer. These are the people that, that developers need to grab. They want they, they need to grab people who are playing, and I'm not talking about the type of game, I'm not talking about the style of game, but the players who are flocking to games like Fortnite, they're doing it because they're free. They're flocking to these games, they're playing these games because they're free. I'm not saying microtracking transactions are great, I'm just talking about complete value proposition here. If you can make your game seem more valuable to the masses, to more people, more people will play it. The it's, this is the best way to look at this. You don't don't look at it as genres. Don't look at it as as what, is this going to take the Call of Duty players? Is this going to take the Destiny players? Is, don't don't look at it that way. Specifically, pull back and look at it from a value perspective. Gamers, a lot of gamers play a lot of different games. And I think the majority of gamers that are out there like a variety. There, yes, there are people who play games who only play uh, Madden or only play Call of Duty, but the majority of people like a little variety in their life. They like a little bit of story. They play um, Halo, they play sports games, they play, and maybe may, they may or may not play an RPG, but if you have a game that has really good graphics, that has really good gameplay, and it has more value more people are going to play it. Giving you free story DLC, I mean, that's essentially saying instead of what a normal developer would charge $60 for, or sorry, $100 for with all the DLC, the season pass, whatever, let's call it $90, whatever. And then uh, you're gonna charge $60 for it. Well, you have essentially two thirds of the price, you're gonna get all of that story, all of that content. And you get access to the multiplayer. If you like the multiplayer, Boom, you can buy some multiplayer packs, which I think that's a fantastic way to look at something like this. Multiplayer DLC is not something I would probably uh, would probably buy, but if I'm hooked by this game, then yeah, maybe I'll buy it because my friends are playing it and my friends are gonna play it if it's a good value proposition. So it's something that 
developers are looking at more. Thankfully, Anthem is doing that uh, as well. So I'm really happy about that. Uh, anyways, let us know in the comments what you think about the uh, uh, about this news. And if you're listening to us on a podcast, tweet at us and let us know what you're angry about that we do on the show, what you would prefer that we do on the show. If you haven't already, subscribed on YouTube and uh, and Twitch and everywhere else. We'll see you later. Thank <laughs> you.